All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Darren Freeman. And today I am giving you my reaction to the Falcons selection of Florida tight end Kyle Pitts in round one of the 2021 NFL draft. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP. Still going strong on Twitter, however, at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is going to have you covered on the Falcons first round pick in Kyle Pitts. But in addition to that, you know, who's got you covered for all the things related to the first round of the draft. That's none other than host Peter Bukowski, the host of the locked on today podcast. He has you covered not only for the 2021 NFL draft. I'm sure Peter's got even some Kentucky Derby thoughts coming up on locked on today. Cause it's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the locked on today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So today's episode of course is going to be me reacting not so rapidly. It's, it's past 1 AM here on the East coast as I'm recording this. Um, you know, it takes me a little while to get all my thoughts together. I don't want to leave un- any stone unturned. I know obviously we're going to spend three months talking about Kyle Pitts, So I do not plan to get all of my takes off on today's episode, but you'll get my thoughts on that selection. We'll give you the good, what, Kyle Pitts is going to bring to this offense and, and will give you not necessarily a bad, but some of the question marks that will have to be answered by this uh, football team from a strategic standpoint, not necessarily with Kyle Pitts, um, but in terms of the big picture, uh, in terms of what they're going to do moving forward in the future. And we'll talk about how Kyle Pitts is presence what that means for Matt Ryan, what that means for Julio Jones, what that means for Hayden Hurst. And then towards the end of today's episode, we'll talk about what the Falcons could or should do on day two of the draft to get you geared up for the second day uh, of the 2021 NFL draft uh, or second night, I should say uh, tonight, as you guys are mostly listening to this. So let's talk about the Falcons selection of Kyle Pitts. They did take Kyle Pitts. It goes back to something I said on yesterday's podcast, something I said back in February, you know, when we were starting to rev up that Kyle Pitts party bus. But if the Falcons didn't like the quarterbacks available to them at pick number four and that conversation, given that the 49ers shocked many, not my, my, not me, but many by taking Trey Lance at number three, that conversation began and ended with Justin Fields. And if the Falcons thought Kyle Pitts was a better player than Justin Fields. And when you look at at least how the consensus, when you look at various draft analysts and whatnot, the consensus was that Kyle Pitts was the second best player in this draft class after Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields was at best the third. And some guys thought it was eighth. Uh, you know, he was not always a top five player on a lot of people's boards. And that perception is, you know, Kyle Pitts is the better player. And so the Falcons took the best player available uh, in, in the words of our incomparable pathfinder by the name of uh, D Orlando Ledbetter. And the Falcons are going to just basically worry about the quarterback position down the road. And so, like I told you on yesterday's episode, you know, if Fields was available and the Falcons passed on him, I would be disappointed. Uh, 
So, yes, I am officially disappointed. Fields fell all the way to pick 11. The Chicago Bears came up and got him, seemingly breaking the curse of 70 years. Uh, that is Sid Gluckman. And, yes, go look it up. Uh, the last time the Bears had a, a top-level quarterback was 70 years ago when Sid Luckman was there. But that's neither here nor there. We're not going to talk about that on today's episode. Kyle Pitts is the Atlanta Falcons pick. He is an Atlanta Falcon, and this is very much a commitment to Matt Ryan. The Falcons offseason action in my eyes led me to believe that they were going to surprise many and take the quarterback at four, but they opted for the pass catcher and he's one heck of a pass catcher in Kyle Pitts. And this is a guy that you can build your entire offense around similar to how San Francisco has done so with George Kittle. Kansas city has done so with Travis Kelsey. He's a guy that because of his versatility, he's not just an inline tight end. He can line up out wide. He can be flexed out in the slot. You can move him all around the formation. You can use that pre-snap motion that Arthur Smith loves to use that his predecessor did not like to use. That's going to give that quarterback that needed information before the snap and, and dictate whether the defense is in man coverage or zone coverage. And if they're in man coverage, oh boy, they're going to be in a predicament. You know, who, who's going to be matched up against Kyle Pitts in man coverage? He's too fast for linebackers. He's too quick for safeties. He's too strong for corners. He is a mismatch nightmare, similar to what we have seen over the last decade with Julio Jones. And there's going to be very few players in this league, especially in the middle of the defense, that are going to be able to line up against him and cover him. He's the type of guy that, you know, when we're playing the Rams, hopefully, you know, in the January come in, in, in the near future, their their game plan is going to be like we're going to try to stick Jalen Ramsey on him and, and hope that you know one of the biggest most physical corners in the league uh, can can go toe to toe with him and I don't necessarily know if Jalen Ramsey can that's how good Kyle Pitts has the potential to be and that of course is going to create opportunities long term uh, for Calvin Ridley where teams are going to be keying on Kyle Pitts and, and Calvin Ridley is going to get those one-on-one matchups against like oftentimes against a number two corner in those scenarios. And he's going to cook. Right. And if the team puts the number one corner on, on Calvin Ridley, then Kyle Pitts is going to cook. Right. It's a pick your poison type of offense that we've known this Falcons offense to operate at a high level over the bulk of Matt Ryan's career, whether we were talking about Roddy white and Tony Gonzalez, Roddy white and Julio Jones, Julio Jones and Mah- no, not I'm not going to mention him. Taylor Gabriel was more likely, but uh, Calvin Ridley, of course. So you take Kyle Pitts this high, you got to build your offense around him. Once the Falcons move on from Julio Jones, and hopefully that's not going to be any sooner than 2022, uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be the guy that Arthur Smith should be scheming up his offense and his game plans around. He's going to become the sun where the gravity of this Falcons offense revolves around. Now, he may start off as a Jupiter and eventually grow into a brown dwarf before he becomes the sun. And he's probably not going to be a Jupiter this year because that's Calvin Ridley. Hayden Hurst is probably Saturn. Russell Gage, between Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage, you know, one of those guys is Uranus and one of those guys is Neptune. And I know the astronomy nerds, all two of you listening to the podcast right now are, are going crazy. And... What's funny about this to me personally, because I'm spiteful, you know, I remember last year, everybody said, oh, Hayden Hurst, he's, he's, this is a different type of tight end that Matt Ryan's never had before. He's going to be different. And I laugh. And I remember thinking, hearing that and saying, sure. Yeah, he's different. He's vastly different than Austin Hooper. No, he wasn't. Kyle Pitts is that dude. He is a different type of Italian. He is different than Tony Gonzalez, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Levine, Toy Lolo. 
right? He's the type of tight end that very few quarterbacks in this league have had because the, the type of players that he's compared to are some of the all-time greats. You know, you're going to hear a lot of Darren Waller comps, and that's because from a size, frame, speed standpoint, he's very fav- matches up very favorable with Darren Waller, who was a wide receiver in college at Georgia Tech, playing in an option offense and was very akin to Demarius Thomas. But it took Darren Waller the better part of four or five years to transition from a wide receiver to a tight end. Waller gets a lot of his production in the NFL in a dink and dunk offense over in, in Las Vegas. Rather than being that sort of vertical stretch guy, I think Kyle Pitts is very capable of providing that underneath value, but his real value is going to be attacking the intermediate and vertical middle of the field where defenses are most vulnerable. And I, while I'm not necessarily an expert on this, I'm still learning, but with the league moving more towards those two high split safety coverages popularized by Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley, and the Bucks in the Super Bowl, I have this seeking suspicion that a tight end like Kyle Pitts, a dynamic weapon like Kyle Pitts, a George Kittle, uh, 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 Travis Kelsey, is probably potentially the best way to attack that type of defense, at least if you judge by what Kelsey has done to the Broncos over the years or what Kittle has done to the Rams over the years and, and been consistently productive against those defenses. And that's one of the reasons why very early in the process, with that eye towards the future, you know, looking ahead while everybody else is looking behind, you know, that's one of the reasons why I was quickly on the Kyle Pitts party bus a lot sooner than a lot of other people. But certainly that's going to be something I'm going to continue to study up over the summer and see if that's true. And certainly the bar is going to be very high for Kyle Pitts here in Atlanta. And, and the question is going to be not just whether Kyle Pitts is going to live up to those standards, given that he is the highest drafted tight end in NFL history and is considered to be this generational talent that we haven't seen a pass catcher of his caliber since Julio Jones, since AJ green were top 10 picks, you know, that, that bar is going to be pretty high. And so we're going to get into whether or not Kyle Pitts, whether or not the other elements of this offense, looking at you, Arthur Smith can live up to that bar. And we'll get into that as we continue today's locked on Falcons podcast, which is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings, that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into our life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, mother's day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through mother's day only at blue Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And it's fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I've checked these out myself. You have a, good mix of classic and traditional rings along with modern, more elegant ones. If you're on a hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at blue So we're talking about a, a high bar for Kyle Pitts essentially. And it's not necessarily fair, but the expectation is he's going to be a Travis Kelsey, a Calvin Johnson, a Julio Jones level impact player. I just rattled off three Hall of Famers, guys. And I hate having to put those expectations on a player like that. And to be clear, I, I do think Pitts has the potential to get there. There are a lot of good tight ends in the NFL, but not a lot of great ones right now. And I think Pitts has the potential to be great. 
but that bar is going to be high. It's going to, he's going to have to have an impact and be a dominator on par with Julio Jones and AJ green. And you guys know me. I don't like hyping players, but the reality is the specter of not taking quarterback is going to hang over this pick. The easiest way I can summarize is going back to what we talked about in mid February on the pod with the two locked on chargers co-hosts revisiting the chargers decision back in 2017 when they had a 36-year-old Philip Rivers and a new head coach in Anthony Lynn, the number seven overall pick, and they opted to take a pass catcher named Mike Williams out of Clemson. And in so doing, they passed on Patrick Mahomes, who went three picks later when the Kansas City Chiefs traded up to get him a division rival. And then two picks after that, Deshaun Watson. The Houston Texans traded up to get him. And four years later, Anthony Lynn is no longer the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Mike Williams had 11 catches his rookie season on a nine and seven Chargers team. His best year came in 2019, his only thousand yard season so far in his four year NFL career on a five and 11 team. And that losing season put Anthony Lynn firmly on the hot seat, put the Chargers in a position to use another top 10 pick number six overall on Justin Herbert in 2020 and caused them to push Phillip Rivers out the door. And essentially this pick is Arthur Smith betting on himself to do the thing that so many Falcon fans believed was the biggest problem with the team in 2020 and 2019, their play calling. Look at the four biggest investments the Falcons have made so far this offseason from their 2021 cap hits, right? Number one is going to be Kyle Pitts, offensive weapon, Kyle Pitts. He's going to have the biggest cap hit of any incoming player that Falcons have added so far. Number two is a gadget player named Cordero Patterson who can line up all over the formation, running back, wide receiver, etc. Number three is Mike Davis. And number four is a blocking tight end by the name of the incomparable Lee Smith. And the player that they wind up picking 35th overall, is going to count about $1.6 million against the cap this year, which is just shy of Lee Smith's $1.8 million. And who knows? It could be another offensive player, another running back. Maybe we'll talk about that later. So it clearly seems to be that the Falcons have come to the conclusion that the biggest concerns with the team last year, was not the offensive line, was not the defense, was the play calling. Arthur Smith says, I got some weapons, I can cook. They're going to let Matt Ryan cook. And obviously we'll see what investments they make in those areas on the offensive line and on the defense later in the draft, but it would very much appear to be a strong bet that they're betting on Dwayne Ledford to coach up the current offensive line and DPs to get this defense humming. And I remain hopeful, optimistic that they can do that. They certainly have the reputation to do that as coaches. Certainly Arthur Smith has a high reputation. I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to be doom and gloom and say, oh, this team can't compete. This team has no shot. As you guys well know, I I think, you know, over under for win total this year, seven. I say take the over. I've seen other websites say basically that's one of the smartest bets you can make on an over and under bet this, this year. I think they have a shot of competing for the postseason. But we compare sort of the current doom and gloom about this team's ability to compete, especially we compare it to last year. And last year, everybody had the right to be skeptical. We had seen five years of Dan Quinn. We had seen that song and dance, new coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Oh, he's going to fix the defense. Dirk Cutter. We'd seen Dirk Cutter call plays for the Falcons for four previous years. We knew what we were getting. The skepticism, the negativity, whatever you want to call it, was well-founded a year ago. You know, and that was one of the things I talked about when people came after me for being 
not positive enough, too negative on the Falcons offseason moves last year. And I sat there and I said, look, man, this team's chances are hanging by a thread with Dan Quinn coming back in 2020. If they don't get off to a fast start, like four and two, you know, people are going to be calling for people to get fired. And the thing I said in the August, the month before the season started, if the Falcons didn't make the playoffs in 2020, Matt Ryan would be in the exact same conditions that Phillip Rivers found himself and Eli Manning found himself missing the playoffs six out of their previous eight seasons when their respective teams decided to move on from them. Now, the good thing is we don't have that black cloud hanging over Arthur Smith. To me, the negativity about this team's ability to compete this year is not necessarily warranted. Arthur Smith gets a clean slate. His body of work is strong enough that I think people should be optimistic. Now, I do think a healthy amount of skepticism is warranted. Believing it when you see it has always been my policy. And I have absolutely no problem with someone will sit here and say, look, I don't know, but I'll reserve judgment till September. And I will come to that person. I will embrace them because I'm, I'm getting a little choked up I'm like a proud papa. I'm happy that people are finally learning to not overhype things and just wait. And see, but I promised myself I wouldn't cry. But their plan, guys, it appears that they're telling us only thing wrong with the Falcons is the play calling and the coaching so far based off of their offseason moves. So they're essentially betting on themselves in a, at least Arthur Smith, in, in a Matt LaFleur, Kevin Stefanski caliber of culture shakeup, whatever you want to call it, through the power of coaching. They'll be a better football team. They'll be a competitive football team. No, we can ask questions. Is that a good bet? Is that a bad bet? I don't know. We'll find out. I don't think it's either. It's certainly a bet. And we're just going to have to sit around, stand around the table, see what card, what die, what roulette ball, what comes up. And if it comes up in their favor, if it does, not going to hear me complain about the Falcons being good, being competitive, being exciting. Look, I'm not trying to be negative guys. I know you're a buzz with the Kyle Pitts pick, at least some of you. I'm just saying the bar has been raised with this selection and whether we're talking about Kyle Pitts as an individual or this offense or this team of overall, the bar has been raised. So that's what I'll say. We'll look ahead to the future, not only in terms of what the Falcons might do in round two later tonight, but also the future of this offense. Now that Kyle Pitts is around as well as the future of various players on this offense. Now that Kyle Pitts is around, but do you know what's in my future? As I spend the next few days watching film and podcasting about the Falcons draft picks, probably a lack of sleep. But when I need that energy kick, all I have to do is turn to the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's built bar built bars all have 100% real chocolate in them. So they taste like just like a candy bar. I just got my shipment of coconut brownie chunk earlier this week, just in time. The top ranked flavor won the built bar March madness tournament. Built Bars, they're not just tasty, they're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. I use them as low-calorie meal replacements for breakfast and lunch. You can use them as an energy boost pre- or post-workout. Or if you're not getting any sleep over this weekend, you need just a little kick to get through that day three of the draft. You're like, oh, six, seven round, oh, we're getting tough. I need a nap. Turn to a Built Bar. And you can do so by heading over to BuiltBar.com using the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So let's talk about the future, and let's get this out now. 
in a dystopian world where the Falcons trade Julio Jones after June 1st, does Kyle Pitts soften the blow? Yes. Is it still a devastating blow that's going to put you on life support? Yes. So like I've said earlier this week, I would get why the Falcons would move on from Julio Jones, but let's just say the podcast is going to be a lot more fire and brimstone if they do decide to do that at some point in the next month or two. Now, I think this Kyle Pitts selection does open the door for the Falcons to potentially shop Hayden Hurst this weekend. And if they were to get a third or fourth round pick, you wouldn't hear me complaining about it, you know, because I want to get Kyle Pitts on the field as soon as possible. You know, I know the fact that rookie tight ends tend to struggle, but I say, forget that. Let's see if he can be the first rookie tight end to catch 80 passes since Keith Jackson did it 35 years ago in 1988. You know, Hayden Hurst had 14% target share last year. Calvin Ridley had 15% as a rookie in 2018. Let's see if Kyle Pitts can get to 16%. No, it's probably not in the cards, but you know, I would be in favor of going for it. You know, I think this pick probably pretty much ensures that Hayden Hurst's fifth year option is not going to be picked up on Tuesday and 2021 will be his final year in Atlanta. Assuming Hurst is back. And to be clear, I doubt he's going to get traded. I'm just saying that if Terry Fontenot, if I'm Terry Fontenot, I'm not necessarily waiting for someone to call me. I might make some calls Friday morning. Seem like, Hey, you know, anybody looking for a starting tight end? He he's different than the type of tight end that you've had. You know, I'm sure he's different than whatever you got. So I'm expecting Pitt's primary role with Hayden Hurst on the roster in particular is in the red zone where his height, his range, his wingspan, his ball skills, his strong hands should be a superb assets there. Smith's offense made great use of the tight end position in the red zone. I believe 40% of their targets the last two years in Tennessee went to tight ends like John Smith and Anthony Ferkser in the red zone. Now, Matt Ryan is not particularly good throwing fades, which is the natural thing that you would do with Kyle Pitts. Like you did, like we saw the saints do for years and years with Jimmy Graham. But maybe having a player like Pitts makes it easier for Matt Ryan. And for the first time in 13 years, Matt Ryan is actually good at throwing fades. So we'll see. You know, that's impact. All right. Making making your 36-year-old quarterback better already. So I think if Pitts can provide that boost in the red zone, you arguably fix what was arguably the biggest problem for the Falcons offense in 2020. If Depending on where you fall in the running game, obviously the run game is still a work in progress. Speaking of the run game, let's talk about Kyle Pitts' contributions there. He's not a great blocker, but I think he's probably better blocker than some people would assume. Certainly, I went into it with very low expectations. I went into it thinking, oh, I'm about to see a, a, an awful blocker, a Hayden Hurst level blocker. I didn't see that. I saw a guy that gave great effort. I saw a guy that because of his length, right? Again, he has like, I think a seven foot wingspan or something ridiculous like that. You know, he's able to be a lot more effective blocking than I think probably a lot of people think. A lot of people assume. We'll see how effective he is as a rookie. That doesn't necessarily translate, you know, being able to block Alabama defenders is a good litmus test to see how you can handle NFL caliber guys, but it's very different trying to block, you know, whoever Alabama's got. And then, you know, trying to block Dante Hightower. I mean, the pro bowl left tackles can't block Dante Hightower. So, you know, good luck Kyle Pitts that this year, but uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, we should see plenty of him in that role. You know, Arthur Smith used multi-tight end sets 51% of the time last year in Tennessee. That means two or three tight ends and ran the ball on about 57% of those plays, which was about league average for multi-tight end sets. So, you know, if, if Kyle Pitts is getting 80% of the snaps on those multi-tight end snaps, you know, that's, that works out to be 
about 15 snaps a game where he's going to be asked to block. So he'll, he'll get some opportunities there. I'll be curious if the Falcons decide, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to give Lee Smith a lot more of that work when it comes to those blocking plays. And we'll just sort of pick and choose Kyle Pitts primarily to use him as a pass catcher in those scenarios. We'll see. Maybe that tips their hand. Um, we can talk about Dirk Cutter tipping the hand with based off of his personnel, but we won't go there on today's episode. I'm not going to bring the mood down any further. So let's talk about the future of Matt Ryan. And so this means any, barring anything crazy happening this upcoming season, he should be safe at least through 2022. Who knows? We'll have to see how well he plays in 2021. Cause I think that will determine how much, how willing the Falcons are going to be committed to Matt Ryan beyond the season. Cause they're going to have to rework his contract next year. We can safely assume that they will now. And to me, the big question is going to be, will they look to extend Matt Ryan next off season you know, as one of the preferred ways to create cap space? And I, I think it makes sense that they would. If they do decide to do that, I have no problem with that. But I do think we're going to have to see Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Blank, Matt Ryan, and his agent Tom Conning get in a room and figure out a way where Matt Ryan can agree to that extension and basically pull out Tom Brady and, and take less than what he's making currently, which is $30 million a year on his current contract. Someone asked a question a couple of weeks ago about proposed and, and did some research and I did some further research. I don't remember the exact figure off the top of my head, but basically and came to the conclusion that no quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl that m- made a certain percentage of the salary cap. And I, I recall my research showed me it was about 13, 14%. So if the salary cap, as it's often estimated to be is around two, $205 million next year, about 13% of that is about $26.6 million. If Matt Ryan signed an extension that averaged $26.6 million, that would make him the 13th highest paid quarterback in the NFL based off of current quarterback contracts, making less than Jimmy Garoppolo, who makes $27.5 million, Matt Stafford, who makes 27, but more than Derek Carr and Tom Brady, who both make $25 million a year. And if Matt Ryan balls out this year and the Falcons say to him, hey, Matt, we're willing, you know, based off of how superbly you played in 2021, you got that Arthur Smith, Ryan Tannehill boost look like your old self as a top five, top 10 quarterback. We're willing to extend you. We're going to guarantee you three years through 2024, which by the way, would be the extent of the rookie contract that if the Falcons were to draft a quarterback later in this draft, his final year of his contract would be 2024. So that would give Matt Ryan some assurances that they're not drafting his replacement, but if they extended him through 2024, you know, that's a three year extension after this season. I don't think that extension could cost more than $80 million is basically what I'm saying. And you look at their current cap situation. They're locked into paying Matt Ryan $66 million over this year, and next year at a minimum, right? That's not the cap space. That's just current cap hit plus potential dead money next year. That's an average of $33 million a year. They can't move forward for with an extension, especially and, and be expected to pay Matt Ryan 33, $35 million a year. We've seen the quarterback market go up with Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Now it's $40 million a year. And it's not because Matt Ryan doesn't deserve that money, but from a team building standpoint, the Falcons punting on the quarterback position, punting on the ability to get that benefit of having a quarterback on a rookie contract that was going to allow them to have some light at the end of the tunnel from a cap standpoint, come 2023, 2024. If they want to be true to Matt Ryan in those years, when he's 38, 39 in 2023, 2024, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that but they can't be paying him 33, $35 million a year. If they want to pay him $26 million a year and, and then tack on $9 million or whatever in incentives, so be it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. So long as he continues to perform and produce, he can earn back some of that money. And again, I'm not going to go into a whole Matt Ryan thing on today's episode, but 
It's not going to work paying him what he's currently making moving forward. They got to get in a room together. Come next February, Rich McKay can serve the drinks if he wants. Hash it out. Say, Matt, look, we're willing to commit to you, but you got to take a Brady level pay cut. But we promise you, we're not going to do to you what the Packers have done to Aaron Rodgers. We're going to take that money, those savings, and we're going to put talent around you. And we're going to make this. We're going to try to win. We're going to put the best football team on the field that we can possibly do with that money that you're going to save us. And that's got to be the agreement. And if Matt Ryan and Tom Condon come out of that room and say, nah, man, that ain't for us. Pay us what we're worth. And I think that at that point, the Falcons and Matt Ryan have to basically decide to mutually part ways because it's not going to work. I have no problem with Matt Ryan being this team's quarterback for the next three to five years. I'm just saying that if you had drafted Justin Fields at four, his cap hit in 2023 would have been roughly $9 million. Matt Ryan's current 2023 cap hit is about $43 million. $34 million in savings had you taken the quarterback. And we can guesstimate what the salary cap is going to be come 2023. We're around 2020, $220 million is probably the low end figure. That's 15% of your salary cap that you could have saved two years from now by taking the quarterback. And again, I know that's probably going to wind up being the hottest take that you guys hear. And that's going to be the takeaway that a lot of you guys have from today's episode talking about Kyle Pitts. Oh, Aaron saying the Falcons have to underpay Matt Ryan. Right, and I know you're going to want me to elaborate further. I'm just sitting here saying, I hope Terry and him have a plan to get into a favorable salary cap situation within the next year or two. And I think underpaying Matt Ryan's kind of got to be part of it. So we'll see how that works out, but I'm sure there'll be more to explore there uh, in the coming months, if not years. So let's wrap up today's episode and turn our attention to what the Falcons can do tonight, Friday night on day two of the draft rounds two and three. My hope is that they address the offensive line and the defense with their two picks on day two. In what order they do that, I don't really care. As long as you walk away with two starting caliber players, I don't really care. Now, this is what I will say. I don't really care what the Falcons do. You know, I, I've joked on previous episodes. I don't put a whole lot of hope into the Falcons taking certain players on day two of the draft. I've been down there. They never do it. They, Willie Moe was the last time the Falcons took a player on day two that I was like, oh, yeah, I really want him to take them. That was 11 years ago. So I don't, I don't, I don't get my hopes up anymore, but I will say this. There's one position. I pray that the Falcons do not draft and that's a quarterback. If they take a quarterback. I'm going to be very upset. I'm going to tell you right now that the rapid reaction that you're going to listen to on Saturday, at least 15 minutes of that is going to be fire and brimstone talking about how it's terrible and how drafting quarterbacks is a waste. Drafting quarterbacks around two and three, nine times out of 10 winds up being a complete waste of a draft pick. There's been four good draft picks in the last 10 years on days two of the draft. Four quarterbacks out of like 30. The Eagles are hoping Jalen Hurts is the fifth. So that's a waste of a draft pick. 90% of those guys fail. You're drafting a career backup at a time in the draft when you can get starters elsewhere. That's why it's a terrible draft pick. That's why it's a terrible decision. You got a chance to hit on starters and you're drafting a guy that has a 10% chance of being a starter. That's a terrible decision. But I'm not going to get fired up today because they haven't done it. They haven't made that mistake. So I think in terms of their options, running back, offensive line, edge rusher, corner, safety, certainly are in the mix in rounds two and three. I think the Falcons will hopefully pick two of those five positions, cross them off their list later tonight. As, as many of you are listening to this, which ones they cross off, I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that one of them is going to be left guard because, again, I, I thought that was the biggest question mark on the offensive line or on the offense. 
as for the defense, you know, just take the best player available. They got they have so many questions on the defense. Just take whoever's good. You know, you know, edge rusher, corner, safety, don't care. Take whoever's good. So that's what we're hoping to see. Obviously, I'll be back tomorrow to react to whatever they do. Hopefully, it will be all positive because they took good players and not a quarterback. And I'm not saying don't draft a quarterback. Just wait till Saturday. Draft a quarterback on Saturday. Just take a flyer on somebody. You know, take a Sean Renfrey. Go ahead. That's that's that is way more value a draft pick than using a, a day two pick on a quarterback. That's all I'm gonna say. So hopefully you will not have to hear that rant, guys, for your sake. We've already had more than enough rants this week. So tomorrow's episode, we will be back with more coverage of day two of the draft. Of course, you guys got to check out all the coverage around the Locked On Podcast Network. Whether you're looking, listening to the Draft Network guys. On the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, the Draft Dudes Podcast, giving you their thoughts on all 32 teams, or you specifically want to hear about well, this the Saints, who they take. Check out Ross Jackson on Locked On Saints. You want to hear, you, you want to listen to a podcast if you're butt hurt about the Falcons passing on Justin Fields? Hey, check out Locked On Bears with Lauren Cox. I'm sure he's going to be very positive about that selection so you can live vicariously through Lauren. Check them out. Check them out wherever you get your podcast, Odyssey app. Uh, there you guys have it. If you want to provide your feedback, you want to spill your guts on how much you hate the Kyle Pitts pick or how much you love the Kyle Pitts pick, you can do so. I'm here for you. On Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdownfalcons at mail.com. If you have questions, you know, if, you, if you're going to send in questions like, who do you think we should get in, in round two, in round three? Oh, man. Yeah, see, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, just get good players. I, I, I did, you know, I watched the first round guys. I didn't watch no, you know, I watched a couple of day two guys, right? But like, yeah, I watched it like the safeties. I watched a couple of edge rushers. That's about it. Offensive linemen, running backs, no corners, no D tackles, no tackles, offensive tackles, a couple of tight ends, few wide receivers. That's it. You know? But I don't have thoughts. Anyway, I'm done talking. I'm rambling at this point. You know, getting a little loopy. Got to go get my coconut brownie built bar. Appreciate it, guys. Till then.
at Built Bar won the Built Bar match. Marinus won the Built Bar match. Mark 